Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. Here we go. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is episode 173, take two, not 171, as I said in an earlier recording, which the guys won't let me live down. I would have kept it. It was Alex. hilarious. It was great. I would have kept it. I'm Steve. And I'm here, I guess. I don't <laughs> know. Am up. I? And he won't shut up. I won't. I really won't. This is one of those days, guys. It's gonna be. It's gonna be wild. Check us out on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can follow me at Real Alex D. Find me at Sapamod. And you can follow me again. You finally hit a thousand. I finally hit a thousand. Good. But don't. I I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Like it's it's a bad idea either way. But you know, if you want to, go ahead. At Greg on Sports, by the way. And check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast and the website pifflespodcast.com. We're brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out. We're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Let's jump right to it, guys. Talk about another rider win in the opening kickoff. <laughs> Still so what what <laughs> what a finish this past week in bc for the riders i don't know what it is against about the riders and the lions but they have the two best games this season and it hasn't really been close in terms of that but what a fantastic game ended and highlighted by a last second touchdown by cody Fajardo on third and goal um, that's where i want to start here and we can kind of go wherever we want from there, but that touchdown by Fajardo, third and goal with what, four seconds left on the clock, five seconds left before, obviously it was two seconds when he actually got in, but third and goal set up by an absolute crappy punt from BC, got them in great position to take the lead. So the riders obviously down there and were you guys nervous on that third and one? Because I sure was. I had flashbacks to the West Final 2019 where they could not get in against Winnipeg, like six cracks at the goal line. I was worried he wasn't going to get in. This is the CFL, and I'm a Ryder fan. Of course I was nervous. That's the play they usually they usually don't make in the history of our fandom. So, yes, until, they raised his, until the ref raised his hands, I was trying not to look at the TV. I got to admit, though, and... That ref got those hands up really quick. Like it was barely ball snap hands up. I'm like, that was, that, that was actually very quick for, for a call. Normally one of those things you're like, well, we'll wait for the official. We go wait for the official. He was up immediately. So I don't know if he had money on the game or what, but that was amazing. He, I'm guessing maybe he had uh, BC plus one. <laughs> Everyone had BC plus one. Thank God for garbage touchdowns and punt returns. <laughs> Or a kick return. Well, we'll talk about that in a second, but I want to go to Cody Fajardo here and just talk about being super clutch 
for the riders, obviously it, it kind of sucked. He had that uh, interception with under three minutes to go, giving BC the ball back. And that's when I was like, Oh damn, that was, that was the chance to kind of go and take the lead. Um, obviously the, the defense came up big causing BC to kick the ball. And, and obviously, like I mentioned that really bad punt, but captain clutch Cody Fajardo is uh, is this the guy you want leading your team best quarterback in the CFL to lead your team down by well 5.6 points to uh to tie and win a game one thing I love about Cody the man's got like spallings the size of grapefruits like he just does not like <laughs> this club, okay I wish this was a video podcast because Steve almost did a spit take and it would have been amazing would have been all over my laptop. Well done. But no, like game game in hand, like there's always something about Cody just kicks it into a next an, another gear that usually comes through. And of course, people are gonna point to the West Final, but he still got them right down to where he could have thrown the winning touchdown. Like ball in hand, I would give it to Cody Vajardo nine times out of ten right now, because he's that good when it comes when the chips are down. Name, name a quarterback over the last two seasons who has been better at fourth quarter winning drives. You can't. There, there isn't one. You know, and it, like you said, take away the West final, but he did put them there. He put them again in position to win a game. They really shouldn't have had much business winning given their their failures on those those third and ones and, and whatnot. But I would, uh, uh, I, I, I would take him over anybody in the league right now. Uh, driving the field mike riley's mike sorry michael riley's probably a uh, a close second but thank god for bc kickers because if it wasn't for them in the first game and uh this game right now the riders wouldn't be sitting solely in second place because let's face it, the kicking game out of bc gave it to us whether it be the bunting or the field goal kicking now the question i have to ask you guys we know we know lucky whitehead was the offensive player of the game or the player of the game for bc was he also the player of the game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Both those fumbles are I the like only White. reason we won that game. Uh, that is true. I, but I like Lucky Whitehead. Oh, I think absolutely. He, I think he's going to be a star in this league um, out in BC or anything he plays for. He's entertaining and he's electric. Like, the minute he gets a ball, the, like, I can't believe Winnipeg let him go. I really can't. The second fumble on that very last. Uh play of the game on the kickoff or the riders ended up recovering that and it was Webb who ended up taking it back for a touchdown you know what i don't blame him i don't blame lucky whitehead for anything like that like he wasn't going to score on that that the, the only way he was gonna the riders lose that game is if he scores and that wasn't going to happen that riders were not going to allow it and if, if somebody would have gotten close to him he would have tried to lateral it anyway so it could have ended a lot weirder it was just kind of fortunate for betters if you took the riders you know plus or by more than a point that was the only big thing about that game right at the, that very last play that's all it really meant and honestly when Webb picked up the ball I was kind of like just go down man don't fumble the ball because then something crazy is going to happen we're going to see kicks back and forth because it's the CFL I'm like just go down but it didn't matter he ended up scoring the touchdown and, and ended the game that way but going back to Lucky Whitehead I, you can't I mean the first fumble that he had yeah okay that's that's all him and it changed the, the complexion of the game there but the second one whatever but this guy is making so many huge plays in the cfl right now and he had the whole pete weber who do you think you are i am and i knew I, the minute i saw that i knew you'd be a fan yeah big fan of him 
and a uh, big fan of Pete Weber as well. So if you, uh, if you like uh, bowlers who uh, go nuts for bowling, sure. yeah. Pete Weber is the guy. Uh, so if Lucky Whitehead's quoting him as he comes off the field scoring a touchdown or anything, I'm all for it. But yeah, like like you said, Greg, I don't know how Winnipeg let him go. Um, and BC, very fortunate to pick him up because he's been a monster this year, leading the league in, in receiving. So, and I don't I mean, and I don't blame him for that last fumble because you're right, he had to score. So you know, or they had to score. So you know, he was looking down the field, trying to figure out where he was going, and just lost the handle on it. It was that simple. And I have to say, I make that joke 100% as a huge fan of what he's done this year. You know, you can't knock the guy. He's a great personality for the league. He's the exact kind of kind of guy that they need to market around as much as humanly possible because he's entertaining. He's talented. He's the perfect poster boy for the future of the CFL. And his name is Lucky Whitehead. If you can't market that, then just give up. If you can't market that, just stick to guys dunking Oreos in the in milk and call it a day. Yeah. Look at us giving praise to a former Dallas Cowboy. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I take it all back. Um, what do you guys? What did you guys think of Ricardo Lewis? Uh, yeah. Had that had that touchdown. Always been a fan. Yeah, love the guy Steve, from day Steve, one. Steve, Steve, Steve was in the fan club right away. Like, okay. yeah. so, like he, so he was Steve, he was selling were, memberships. The last I yeah, checked. So Steve, you were you were tweeting out like, why? How is this guy on the roster? What has he done? And you know what? Almost immediately, he scores a touchdown. I, I will say this, and I've, I don't think I've ever said this on the air before. I now firmly believe that Jeremy O'Day, Craig Dickinson, and the rest of the Riders management know more about football than I do. I wow. know it's a big shock. I know it's a surprise. As fans, we think we know everything. But maybe there was something there that we didn't see. And his, <laughs> his coming out party was electric. From, the, now, from that touchdown catch to everything that happened in the fourth quarter, I am 100% on board. I hope when Shaq Evans comes back, and that's hopefully soon, I hope they find a place for, for Lewis. Okay, we'll get to that conundrum in just a minute. But uh, now the Riders have the clear hold on second place after that win, have the tiebreaker against BC, winning both games. So that puts the Riders in a great spot to have a home playoff game, obviously still behind Winnipeg and losing the tiebreaker to them. So to pass them is a little bit tough, but we've seen stranger things in the CFL. So that's still not out of the out of the question by any means, but have a good hold on second place right now. And let's jump to that Shaq Evans situation. He was out on the practice field on Wednesday or what day or Tuesday today. He was out on the practice field on Tuesday, not with the, the teams, but he was on the side catching the balls from the jugs machine. And it's good sign to see him out there probably won't play this week i can't imagine he will but that brings up a good conversation for next week or if they hold him out one more week until after the bye week in the third stampeder game who comes off the roster at receiver to get shaq evans back in there do you take ricardo lewis off do you take one of the canadians off and add a canadian somewhere else and take an american defensive lineman off so it creates the question is what is this receiver core going to look like when shaq evans returns good it's gonna look good like our beyond that core, i have no damn clue our receiver core is like i said i would put them up against anyone in the league right now our receiver receiver core is that good and we've got really good canadians honestly i hate to say it i think mitch Pickton might be the odd man out and then you take out you take out an american off the out of the defense but 
Um, but who's who's the American you take out? You're not going to take out um, Kyron Moore. Do you take out maybe Lewis or you take out JWL? Like it's not an easy choice. No matter what you do, it's a terrible choice. And, and you know what? That's a, that's a great problem to have. I think you're right though. I think the smart decision, if you've got the room is to, is to maybe take Mitch Picton out, run with uh, JWL, Shaq Evans, Kyran Moore, and, and Ricardo Lewis as the fourth guy, get him some time on the field. Cause it's clear based on that game that there is a rapport there between him and Cody Pajardo. When, when the chips were on the line, there, there was something there and that's something you need to keep going. But this is, this is a great problem for the riders to have when you have too much talent at multiple positions that you have to make these decisions. And I'd like to remind you that we still got Terrell Janet and uh, um, McKinnis waiting in the wings for the Kane receivers. Like our receiving core is just ridiculously talented right now. There's going to be somebody sitting on the practice roster that other teams are just waiting to, to snap up. And still Paul McRoberts will be there. <laughs> Poor guy. I don't know what happened to him. Lights it up in training camp. I'm starting to think he's uh, kind of that Terrence Nunn 2.0 in uh, in here with uh, maybe Aaron Farouz. Can we throw that name in oh, there Farouz. as well? Too? Like that's, I mean, I don't know what more the guy can do to get on the roster, but he just, they like the other guys better. What can we say? There's not much else uh, that we can do with Paul McRoberts, I guess. If you if you guys want memberships to the Ricardo Lewis fan club, uh, just send me an email. That's uh, we'll get you all squared what? away. I am yeah. not gonna no, I'm not joining that because I know your track record with uh, <laughs> with fan clubs with Keith Toast. Yeah, don't buy his jersey. Yeah, buy a jersey. No, 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 buy no jersey. Jersey, no jersey. Buy a jersey. <laughs> I'm sorry, I actually got a Paul McRoberts jersey two years ago. So sorry, buddy. This one's on me. So Riders winning 31-24 NBC. Another fantastic game. Uh, between those two teams so if they end up playing each other in the in the west semifinal that would be uh i'd be one hell of a semifinal as these two teams have had well who else is it I've going been, to, I've like, literally who else is it going to be yeah Cal- it's not Cal- Calgary's terrible em- em- well we'll get to edmonton in a bit but it like the west is you got it, like the bombers and the riders and bc's kind of in the hunt now that michael riley is fully healthy and then you may as well just move Cal- you may as well move Alberta over to the east. Can I make one quick gripe about this game, though? And this goes back to Lucky Whitehead's um, long touchdown that he had. Tackle with your arms, guys. Like Ed Ganey went to use his shoulder and just try to hit him, hit Lucky Whitehead into another defender. No, wrap him up. Try and tackle him. Don't go for a big hit. Tackle the guy, especially someone like Lucky Whitehead who bounces off guys. We've known he has in the NFL. He was a great punt returner in the NFL. You just shoulder a guy. He's not going to go down. He's going to just move and keep going. And that's exactly what happened on that touchdown. But it's that's, just, it bugs me because it's a, it's a lost art in football is tackling. You are and correct. We see this every, and we see this everywhere. I'm everywhere. not trying to single everywhere. out. Ed it's, either, it's, it's either big everybody. hit or they go for the strip. They do not go for the tackles anymore. They go for and the how big many yards? And how many more yards do you give up when you're trying to go for the strip? Because the guys are just going to hold on to the ball and just keep running as long as you're running with them. Like, tackle them, tackle them. I know turnovers, the ball is the most important thing, but so is downing the guy and not giving up a touchdown. So I'd like to see that a little bit more from, hey. from everybody. 
not just on the plus side. It's still not a, a junior Mercado. Do we do we want to jump to our memories right now? Is it is that what it is? I didn't even look. Uh, I didn't look at it. We were gonna we were gonna do that the next time, but we can do that right now. Actually, <laughs> hey, well, that, I didn't even that look. was the opening. That was the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Let's do our Piffles memories right now then. 2015, Junior Mertile versus Edmonton. This was sent to us a little while ago. Uh, what do you remember from that game? And I'll oh start off here, guys. 2015, I remember that team absolutely freaking sucked. That's why we got Chris Jones in here and cleaned house. But Junior Mertile, when that passed to a Darius Bowman game and he was about to get tackled by Mertile and I forget who the other guy was, some scrap junk DB probably because it was a 2015 team. Um, when he when he went through and just bounced and, and Ole Ole Tito Santana the El Metedore. Yeah, when he when he had the red blanket and got out of the way, I was like, oh my god, how like this guy can't be seen again. Like if you're not willing to put your head in there as a defender and tackle a guy, that's it. That's your job right there is to get in and tackle guys and you refuse to do it. You should be cut immediately. The fact he got another game and the rest of the season still cheeses me off to this day because that guy should have been gone a long time ago. I never, I will never forget. I was like my season tickets. I'm in my, I'm in my seat and I'm standing up and I see that. And I'm like, what, what, what happened? And then I see the replay and I'm like, if I'm O'Day, I am going down to that sideline. I am telling him he is out. Go get undressed, and you're never playing for this team again. That was embarrassing. That is the worst play I've ever seen in football. You know what? Every year, there's always one or two plays that really define how your season was. You know, 2019 for the Riders, I, I think back to uh, Brett Lothar's uh, Labor Day kick and, unfortunately, the throw off of the, the crossbar. You know, those are the two big, big, big plays that stand out. 2015, the two biggest plays that stand out were the the two offensive linemen smashing together in a, on an easy touchdown pass, and Junior Mertile p- playing playing Matador. Was like, that was that Clark and Raya? I believe yep. so. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I'll, yeah. I'll never forget that one. Like, I don't think you could pick two plays that define a season better than those two plays to define the 2015 Saskatchewan Roughriders. And still, people were mad when Chris Jones took scissors to that roster. I will never, ever understand no, that. No, no, It's not that he did. It's how he did it. He did it with with no respect, Steve. Okay, okay. First of all, the, the, the fat he trimmed before he went after Chick and Dressler and basically made Durant take a pay cut, like, he, he could have got rid of all those guys. None of those guys ever played in the CFL again. And then Chick had, had well, how many games? And Dressler had, probably had the most. And then Durant took the pay cut. But... Like, don't get me wrong. There's, there's many things to blame Chris Jones on. Many things you can blame Chris Jones for. But what he, he, he did what had to be done because that roster was bloated and not good. I remember doing an article the year, it was either 2016 or 2017, looking back on the, the day that he cut, what was it, 20 players or whatever. And I went through and looked at all of them. And I could count on my hands the number of games that the rest of those people played or coached in the CFL from that day over the next two seasons. And yet people were still, they, they, they lost it for the better part of a year between that and then it got worse after, after Dressler Chick and, uh, and the Durant pay cut and everything. But like, 
look look at those two plays and tell me you don't start brand new with an entirely new roster. And the fact that we won more games the next year is, uh, you know, shows how good he was at finding some talent. But after 2015, it wasn't hard to win more games. (laughs) That was almost my second spit take of the night. (laughs) You're not wrong. That was a bad football team. Speaking of bad football teams, let's get to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones and talk about the Edmonton Elks right now. Um, full disclosure, we were recording this after the Elks and Red Blacks game. We all picked the Elks to win, right? We all did, no, right? No, we took, no, no I picked we the Red the Blacks under. for sure. No, we took the flyer on the Red Blacks. No, yeah, we I definitely like, took the Elks to win. We also took the – okay, we, so full disclosure also, behind the scenes, we had a choice between taking the Elks, taking the Red Blacks, or taking the under. And I believe I was the one who said, I don't trust either offense. The under is really easy. And no, no, we had the choice between the Elks, Elks plus the eight. Elks minus eight, and oh yeah, I'm glad and the under. I'm we never for a second even looked at the Red Blacks, and I. It's like we all forgot what happened week one. And and I was thinking actually uh, the other day, I was like, you know, if there's ever going to be an upset pick to take this this year this week, it's going to be this one for whatever reason. Just with Harris out still for for the Elks, like maybe. Why not pick Ottawa in this one? Because they both suck. So it's it's well just kind my, of a crapshoot. I thought about my, it. My, my logic going into it, both Edmonton. have decent defenses. And they have Ottawa's running two quarterbacks have never played a CFL game. Um, Edmonton had one who's played one. So I trust neither offense. And then they go off for over 50 points. It makes no sense. I, I had four players in, in this game in fantasy football, and I might actually win. I, I set my roster before realizing I set my roster. I had James Wilder, which is always a good play every week. I'm just saying. So anyway, this Tuesday night game, Edmonton at Ottawa. I was wrong. I didn't think Ottawa w- would win another game this year. Sure enough, there they are. And we got to talk about Edmonton, though. Like, this is – I know it was without Trevor Harris, and they brought him back off the six-game list with his injured neck and everything, but – this is it for them, right? Like there, there's no way that they can make the playoffs now. Uh, it's, it's a culture thing. It, it really is. Uh, I, I don't get this team. I, they, they have the talent. And yes, I understand Trevor Harris is out, but they've got decent receivers. They got Darrell Walker. They got James Walder Jr. They've got a decent defense. Greg Ellingson. Greg Ellingson. Yeah, like they've and plus, they, like I said, they've got a decent defense. And they signed uh, Derek Moncrief. Yeah, like Ottawa is a tire fire. So unless they found like the next Doug Flutie, how the how the hell did they win? Like it makes no sense. Like this 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 blows me away. You know like, what? I will. It, if if I'm Dom Davis and I'm I'm uh, Matt Nichols, I'm expecting to get cut this week because obviously they've got a quarterback that can actually run this offense. Yeah, so both guys are on the six game injured list right now. And, and Evans from Ottawa, he, he looked like a veteran out there tonight. Say what you want about the, uh, the, the Elks defense, but that's, there's talent there. And Evans made them look like a ninth ranked team. Because they are a ninth ranked team. Because they lost to Ottawa. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Twice. Caleb Evans. Caleb Evans' first career start goes goes for 191 yards. Not a lot, but with 
what's around him in the Ottawa offense. I'm not surprised by a low passing yardage wise, but did throw three touchdowns, ran for 59 yards. So he did uh, move the ball and they just, yeah, it was, I mean, having the big long punt return definitely helps, but that's, I mean, if you're the Elks now, you're sitting at two and six right now, sorry, two and five after this loss. And they're only four at home guys. Like they're, they're only having a couple more home games and they still haven't even won there yet. And then they're going into the roughest part of their schedule where they're starting to play all the West teams. They're still going to have to play the riders twice. They played three times in seven days. This Edmonton team is done. This is going to be the worst expansion team since the Ottawa Renegades. Can we just talk about the extra little stinger of uh, Kenny Stafford scoring a touchdown against uh, the team that cut him? It's the culture, I'm telling you. Culture. Revenge games. Revenge apparently games. The, apparently the culture is losing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, get to some of the other games this week coming up here. Let's. Uh, should we do our picks first or do our preview of the Riders stamps first? What do you guys want to do? Uh, get the crap out of the way so you, you decide what that means. <laughs> All I know is I'm picking the Red Blacks. <laughs> okay, well, let's do our, our pick them here, and then we can explain why we're picking the uh, Calgary Stamps game last, and we'll do that with our preview. So Edmonton at Ottawa, we all picked Ottawa, yep. So Winnipeg at BC on Friday night. This is going to be a fantastic game, guys. I want BC to win so much, but I don't see it happening. I'm, I, I, I keep on saying I was going to pick against Winnipeg all year, and I actually picked Winnipeg last week. So, You know, I'm torn on who I'd want to win. Is realistically with seven games left, it's going to be hard to catch Winnipeg without, without a lot of help. But so you, let, you get another go for help. Well, but you hope if you look at BC losing another one, suddenly we're three games up on the next closest team for a home playoff spot. I I trust this team to go into Winnipeg in December, and in the West Final and and walk away with one. In a one game playoff, I know it. History hasn't been kind to us with, you know, actually scoring touchdowns against them, but it has to happen eventually, right? Okay, but who's going to win now between BC I, and Winnipeg? Oh, I, I'm going to go with Winnipeg. Yeah, same. Winnipeg with a, with a week off, and they're, they're the better team. They're the best team in the league, and it's honestly mm-hmm. not even that close right now. So I'm taking the Bombers. Montreal at Hamilton, all of a sudden, that's a huge, huge game as well with uh, Hamilton leading the East at four and three. Montreal sitting at two and four. And Watford in Hamilton, like talk about another weird quarterback story in the CFL. All of a sudden, David Watford comes in and he's lighting up uh, defenses. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. I... I love Vernon Adams. I do. But I think I got to take Hamilton. I think the farther this season goes, the more that that pick of Vernon Adams winning winning MOP is 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 rolling out the window on you there, Alex. I, I can't see Hamilton losing this one. I also had Edmonton in the Grey Cup against Montreal, too. So That's I think true. we're already past all our Ooh. year-end picks. So. <laughs> so what we're learning is don't listen to our advice or take the opposite. Always we've take the that. opposite. We've, we've been completely honest up front and said, 
do that from the beginning. Whatever we say, do the absolute opposite. Your life will be better because of it, not just your CFL picks. No, no, the sad thing is I am better at gauging NFL games than I am CFL games. Maybe that's part of the fun of the CFL because you really never know what the hell is going to happen. But the NFL, I can I could probably pick 10 out of 16 games. CFL, I'm lucky if I get three out of three out of four. Uh, so anyway, I'm taking Hamilton in this one. And finally, the Riders at Calgary in the first game of three straight for the Riders against the Stamps. Of course, all October games are against Calgary. One here in Saskatchewan, two in Calgary. Calgary, of course, has one game against BC in the middle of that when the Riders are on their bye week. But uh, Calgary at Saskatchewan. Let's go through this game first and we'll do our pick at the very end there. AC Leonard making his return to the Riders in this upcoming game, the first one here against Calgary. That's going to be a huge difference maker for the Riders going up against Bo Levi Mitchell, who Dave Dickinson confirmed Bo Levi Mitchell is our starting quarterback. Thanks, Dave. That was really, really in doubt. What they need to do is tell AC Leonard that as a part-time job, Bo Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell is a drug control officer. Wow. That should, uh, that should, <laughs> that should handle that. Well, no, that, that'll just piss him off. Exactly. <laughs> and Alex is no selling it. Ouch. That, that sucks. That hurts. That hurts. I had no idea where you guys were going to go with that. If anybody was going to say anything else about that. Welcome to the perfect tagline for our show. I have no idea where they're going to go with that. <laughs> Calgary sitting at two and five. I don't think anybody, we all kind of, when we've been saying this for the last, what, 13 years, this is going to be the year that they finally fall off. This is finally going to be the year, but this actually is the year that they're falling off. They've just lost way too much talent overall and didn't replace it with CFL caliber talent. And of course it doesn't help not having your starting quarterback for a few games, but that hasn't really been the issue with the stamps this year, but two and five guys, this is, I mean, they're in close games. They're only a minus seven in point differential right now where the riders at five and two are a plus 21. So I don't know. I I think this could be a close game, but I just don't think Calgary has enough horses in the stable Sorry for the really bad me pun too. I was going to say the yes. same thing. Yes. Suck it, Greg. Uh, but they don't. Have... <laughs> but they, they just don't. And this is this is finally the year. And I, I don't even know what to think of this because we've been all wanting this to happen. There's been eight fan bases across the CFL that have wanted this to happen for the last decade. And I don't even know how to contain myself. And it still feels like they're going to rip off nine, like seven straight wins to end the year and still finish in first place. Like it just feels like they're going to do that because that's what we're used to. But this is not the same Calgary Stampeders team. Mark my words. One of these three games, Hergie Mayala is going to absolutely light up the riders. Cause that's the way it goes. Like some, some player is just going to absolutely torch the riders and they're going to win one. And then it's going to be, Oh, the stamps are back. Um, I don't think it's gonna be this game though. Like, the Riders are going to take one of those in Calgary. No, you know who it's going to be? It's not going to be Mayala. It's going to be Markeith Ambles because he's been absolutely terrible this year. And I've said before, he should be no better than a third right now, especially without Kamar Jordan. All of a sudden, he's their top receiver. That's a mistake right there. And he can't catch a cold right now. That's how bad he's been. 
I don't, I don't like what they have on offense. Josh Huff is a fine three. There's nothing wrong with that, but he's not anything more than that. Marquise Ambles is a three, and they're making him a one without Jordan. They need Kamar Jordan, and even then, they still don't have much around him. Outside of Kamar Jordan, there is absolutely nobody on that offense that scares me at all. And that, like, like Greg pointed out, that scares me because – we know what happens when you have a bunch of nobodies against the riders that it, it, it never ends well. I don't, I, I agree with Greg. It's not going to be this game, but one of these three games, somebody on that roster is going to absolutely have their, their big Ricardo Lewis like party. It'll, it'll be the rider home game. I just oh, probably it. it will be the rider home game. <laughs> just crush our souls. We only get one game in, what eight weeks and they're going to destroy us yeah how many how, how many times would we wish for the riders to absolutely just step on the stamps throw it at a, at a home game and it won't be this year you know what the riders need to do for just this month only sign chris gets laugh <laughs> but he wouldn't be allowed in the state never mind <laughs> not going there won't do it We'll skip past that one so i think we're all on board this week let's make our pick for the week we're all picking the riders here. Right? I've rebecked it. Anyways, what? <laughs> the best part is Greg sitting here just just the, the, shaking. The he's laughing look so up hard. Your guys' faces is it fuels me. It fuels me. Oh my god. Given given we're playing the Stampeders, there, there's got to be a horse dewormer joke in there somewhere. I don't know where it is, but we'll find it over the next month. We got time. <sighs> so anyway, riders. We're all picking riders. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, we're okay. all all right. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there, guys. <laughs> it's probably best if we just leave right now. <laughs> don't even do the end segue. Just, <laughs> just the show the, just ends. Just, clo- just slam the bar doors because the horses are already out. Well, <laughs> how many more horse jokes can we make? Can I get a yay yeah. or nay? <laughs> that might be your best one, actually. <laughs> and I think we should leave on that one. <laughs> this has been the Bibbles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks again to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Steve, I see you having a nice Churchill Brewing Company beverage right there. That looks delicious. The only thing people should listen to us about. Yeah, uh, Churchill our beer, Dairy our Queen and our, and our real estate. Everything else except yeah. for Dairy Queen and Churchill Brewing Company. Basically. Definitely check both and, of them. And out. remember and, the and Kathy Festion. And the and, and the, the B Camp High Blizzard is like a butter tart without raisins, so it's amazing. Well, no. We don't have time Dude, for this, Greg. Why'd you do that? You're fired. <laughs> I chose chaos tonight, Steve. I chose chaos. <laughs> That'll do it this week. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Teller Gilbert. The ghost behind your-